The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. The God that we serve is a God who expects honor from us. The kingdom of God is, is, is premised on the protocol of honor. And so therefore it's important for us to understand how God operates in the area of honor. I said last week that listen, I believe in prayer and fasting. But honor will open doors for you that prayer and fasting cannot open. I give you examples of Esther, examples of Daniel, examples of Elisha. All these people understand the protocol of honor. And as a result of that, God opened doors for them. And not just any other door, but major doors. And uh, just a commendation from Pastor Taro and Pastor Nonti. They were really blessed by our little hospitality. You know, they were really blessed. I'm telling you, they were really, really blessed. You know, these are men and women of God that have, that host all the giants, all the giants. You know, name them, Pastor Ie Adeboye, you know, uh, dedicated their new church building, which is a huge, magnificent church building. Uh, Preach for them. Uh, Bishop David Oyedepo, uh, Dr. Mensah Otabel, Bishop Michael Konko, name them all the giants in Christian faith. Uh, so these are men, a man and a woman that have traveled extensively and uh, by the grace of God, uh, they, they, they were really blessed Amen. by the little time we spent together with them. Amen. Hallelujah. And what can I say? Thank you for making it happen. Amen. 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 Thank you for making it happen. Amen. Amen. Because what you make happen for the house of God, God will make happen for you. And let me say this. We have honored them. And every honor we have honored them. Because it's it's not a coincidence that this is a month of honor. That God sent a great man of God and a great woman of God to us. We have honored them. And every blessing they have pronounced upon us is coming to you. You'll be a partaker of that. So I want you to be sensitive. Listen to me. Every time we fast and we pray, the, the moment you come out of a time of prayer and fasting, you face challenges. I want you to hear me. We have fasted as a church and we have prayed. And we waited on the Lord for covenant 2018. God did it. But listen carefully. There might be a few challenges before the breakthrough. But don't allow the challenges that are going to come your way to discourage you. Where I come from, we used to have taps that are shut. They will close the tap for days. And when they close the tap for days, that means there's no water flowing in the taps. And so 
they'll give a time and say, okay, um, we are going to open the tap on Monday or on Sunday at 4 p.m. And so because we haven't had water for long and we're expecting water, what we'll do is we'll open the tap and we'll put our ears in the tap to hear a noise. The noise or the sound you hear determines how far the water is. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about because your tap has never been shut before. You know, you've had luxury of water all time. So we put our head, our ear on the tap and you hear some sound. When you hear that sound, it tells you how far the water is. And then by the time you realize, you start hearing and then the water starts coming. Now, why did I say that? I said that to say this. Before the breakthrough comes, there will be some little challenges. You might not hear the sound you're expecting, but the testimonies God gave uh, pastors in this house this morning should tell you what he's about to do. So I want you to be expectant. For the next 40 days, God is going to route unprecedented miracles in our midst. For the next 40 days. For the next 40 days. For the next 40 days. Everything, some of you wrote 12 things you are believing God for in covenant. God will bring one or two to pass within the next 40 days. So that you know that by the time you get to covenant 2019, you'll stand in the house of God testifying with all your 12 lists. Saying this is what God did. And these are lists that are impossible lists. I told you to put a list of things that you know only God can do. And I, I, I hear God a little bit. I hear God a little bit. And I'm telling you within the next 40 days, be expectant. Don't be distracted. Don't be what? Distracted. Be focused. Be expectant. Be vigilant. Because God is going to visit you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Alright. That's just a prelude to what I'm about to say. Revelations chapter 5 verse 12. Revelations chapter 5 verse 12. I read. It says, Say with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and, and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing, and we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm continuing concluding the message I started last week titled Understanding the Protocol of Honor. Understanding the Protocol of Honor. We have already established that God expects honor from us. The God that we serve is a God who expects honor from us. The kingdom of God is, is, is premised on the protocol of honor. And so therefore it's important for us to understand how God operates in the area of honor. I said last week that listen, I believe in prayer and fasting. But honor will open doors for you that prayer and fasting cannot open. I give you examples of Esther. Examples of Daniel, examples of Elisha, 
all these people understand the protocol of honor. And as a result of that, God opened doors for them. And not just any other door, but major doors. So the scripture we read talks about what Jesus did for us on the cross. That's why the angels were saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain. When Jesus was slain, he received all these seven blessings for us. He received them for you. But you see, in as much as Jesus has received all of these things for us, it takes understanding to know what you have. Amen? It takes understanding for you to know what you have. For instance, you can have one million pounds in your bank account. If you don't check it, you will not know it. Isn't that right? If you don't check it, you will not know it. And if you don't know it, you will not be able to spend it. So your understanding is key to be able to access all these seven blessings that Jesus received for you and I on the cross. What are they? Number one is power. That means the Christian walk is a walk of power. Power is not necessarily shaking, falling down, trembling here and there. Power there talks about power of character. Ability to discern between weakness and strength. And the second thing he was slain for us is to receive wisdom. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing, so therefore get wisdom. When you have wisdom, you have everything. So wisdom is critical in the life of the believer. The next thing Jesus received for us is strength. Strength so that we will not walk in weakness. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 11. The Bible says that and Sarah herself by faith received strength to conceive. In other words, there are certain things God has given you until you receive strength, you cannot give birth to those things. Many people have the promise of Isaac, but because they have not received strength from God, they can't conceive their Isaac, neither can they give birth to their Isaac. But I decree over you from today that God will give you strength. Amen. Receive supernatural strength from today in the name of Jesus. The next thing Jesus received was slain and received for us is honor. And that's what we are dealing with this month. Honor is so important. Why? Because honor, like I said earlier, is the protocol that premises the kingdom of God. Without honor, you will not go far. That's why we have to understand the protocol of honor. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7, the Bible says that wisdom is a principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get what? Understanding. So when you have understanding of honor, you will go far in life. Listen, honor is key. That's why God said in 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 30, God said, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So that means God demands honor from us. If you want God to honor you, you must learn how to honor God. If you want God to honor you, you must learn how to do what? Honor God. That's why God said, they that honor me, I will honor. They that honor me, 
I will honor. So if you want God to honor you, you have to honor God in return. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Honor is a seed. And when you sow it, the fruits germinate. You'll see the result. You'll see, I mean, there's been doors God has opened for me that it's not by my prayer. It's not by my connections. It's not because I knew someone there. It was purely because God honored me. You see, when God honors you, man automatically favors you. When you are honored by God, automatically you are favored by men. And I decree upon this house from today that God will honor you. And when God honors you, you will be favored wherever you go. I said you'll be favored wherever you go in the name of Jesus. Listen, what you give your time, your talents, and your treasures to shows what you honor. Write this down. What you give your time, your talents, and your treasures to shows what you honor. If you honor God, you will give your time to God. If you honor God, you will give your talents to God. If you honor God, you will give your treasures to God. Now, the Bible says that what is it that we have that we have not first received? What is it that we have that he did not give to us? Your life is not your life. It is he that has given it to us. How many of you know that? Have you thought about the mystery of sleeping and waking up? It's a mystery. When you go to bed, how you wake up is a mystery. When you go to bed, you know, it takes God to wake you up. You didn't wake up this morning by your strength. You didn't wake up this morning because of the alarm clock. God woke you and I up. Hallelujah. That's why it's important for us to give our time to the house of God. The time has come for us to be serious in this house. To honor God with everything that we have. To honor God with our time. Listen, whoever you go to all the time has your honor. Whoever you give your time to has your honor. Now, let me just show you where where you spend your time most determines where you are loved most. Because people go where they are treasured. Is that right? People go where they are loved. Now, if God so loved you and I, we will do what? We will spend time with him. If we love God and we honor him, we will spend our time standing his word. If we love God and we honor him, we will spend our time serving in the house of God. When it comes to serving in the house of God, you will not be you will not be very far. We'll find you in the house of God. We'll find you serving wherever you are needed. Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Amen. So what you give your time to determines what you honor. What you give your talents to determines what you honor. What are you giving your talents to? What are you doing in the house of God? Some of you can play keyboard. What are you doing? You are sitting on your talent. 
Some of you can do projection. What are you doing? You are sitting on your talents. Some of you can do announcements. What are you doing? You are sitting on your talents. You have the talent, but you are sitting on it. You are like that wicked servant who buried his one talent. He, he buried his talent because he thought his master was wicked. No, he is wicked. Because when God gives you a talent, God does not want your talent to be buried. He wants your talent to be a blessing to the world. This morning, I'm using the little talent God has given me to be a blessing to you. Amen. Are you following what I'm, I'm saying? By standing, spending time in the word and using the talent of communication to be a blessing to you. Earlier, the choir was ministering to us. They use our talent to bless us. Some are sitting down in the church doing something, projecting, doing video streaming, live streaming, and so on and so forth. What are they doing? They are using their talent to honor God. What are you using your talent for? Are you burying your talent or using your talent to honor God? The next thing we have to use to honor God is our treasures. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, say a good amen. amen. The Bible says that honor the Lord with your substance. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9. Honor the Lord with your substance. That means God does not want nothing that is of substance to you. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of your increase. And then after you've honored the Lord with your substance, it says, then shall your bonds be filled with plenty. Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Amen. So we have to honor God with our treasures. When you come to the house of God, it's not a time to give God nothing and nothing that doesn't cost you. How many of you know that the house of God costs a lot of money? It costs money to be on TV. It costs money to be on radio. It costs money to meet in, a, in an environment like this. Everything that we spend costs what? Money. It costs what? Money. We didn't go to the carpet shop and say we are from Solution Chapel International by faith. Give us a carpet. No, it doesn't work that way. Are you following me? It costs money. Everything in the church costs money. The gospel is not free. Amen? The gospel costs a lot of money. I said the gospel costs a lot of money. Putting, news, putting adverts in the newspapers costs what? A lot of money. That's why we have to honor the Lord with our substance. Substance is important to you and important to God. How many of you, when you are crying out unto God and asking God to bless you, ask God, oh God, just give me a little, a little something. No, you want substance. Do you want big or small? Why are you not answering? Do you want big or small? You want big. So we have to understand that when we are going to honor the Lord, we honor him with our treasures, your time, your talent, and your treasures. Your time, your talent, and your treasures. Say that with me. Your time, your talent, and your treasures. Say it again. Say it again. 
Say it again. I can't hear some of you saying it. So say it again. Amen. Every time we come to God, let this be behind our back of our mind. I am coming to honor God with my time. Give God the best of your time. I'm coming to give God the best of my talents. I'm coming to give God the best of my treasures. You see, there are many people in the house that are very talented, but they are sitting on their talent, waiting to be begged. Some of you easily can learn, you, you are easy learners, you are quick learners. Some of us are now very old. You know, we can't relearn some new things. You, you understand, don't you? I can't run 100 meters within 10 seconds at this age. I've gone past it. But the little one can do quicker what I can't do. So there are some who are quick learners. There are some who are what? Quick learners. Let's use, you know, when you see a need, how many of you can see a need in the house of God? Anyone? Let me see. Lift up, if you can see any need at all in this church, lift up your hand. Any need? Do you see any? Those of you who have not lifted up your hands, it means you don't have eyes. I don't know what you have. Okay, you've seen, you've seen a need, right? If you've seen a need, that means there is a hole or there is a gap. Is that correct? Now, why don't you be the solution to that need? Why are you sitting down? Why are you not filling that gap? Are you expecting to, for someone to come and beg you before that need is filled? That's why it should work. When you see a need, what do you do? You feel it. If you see somebody's child about to cross the road, and that child is probably about two or, or one about to cross the street and their parents are not there, you've seen a need. Will you rush and go and hold that child or not? You do that because your parents are not there. That's what it means to take responsibility. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So we must learn to take responsibility in the house of God. So every need you've seen, God expects you to feel it. Not someone else. God expects you to feel it. If it's a need of, of, of doing something in the house of God, God expects who? You to feel it. When God put on the heart of, when, when Nehemiah heard about the walls of Jerusalem broken, did he send someone? No. The Bible says that he rose up, he fasted, he prayed, put himself in the shoes of his people, even though he was not in Jerusalem. And the next thing he did, asked permission from the king and went and helped rebuild the walls of Jerusalem in 52 days. When you see a need in the house of God, rise up and feel it. Let me say it again. If you see a need where in the house of God, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Amen. Amen. That's how God blesses us. That's how God is going to reward you. Do you know that when God sees a need in your life, he takes care of your need as well? So when you see a need, also rise up and do something. Don't just be, don't just be one who comes and eat and go. 
There are some people who say, I have been called to be a pastor. But when they come to church, they cannot stack up the chairs. They cannot help usher someone into a seat. Who is going to stack up your chair when you start your church? I didn't just get to this place in a day. I was stuck in somebody's chair. I was winning souls into somebody's church. I was serving in somebody's church and God found me faithful and said, I can now take you into the kingdom. David was a shepherd boy in the wilderness on the desert serving his father's sheep and God said, David, you have been faithful with the little. Now I can make you a king over my people. Many of us want to be kings, but we don't want to first serve. Many of us want to be what? Kings, but we don't want to what? First serve. Many of us want to be kings, but we don't want to what? First serve. You know, Pastor Nomti was sharing a very powerful testimony. She served in a, a church where the pastor is a Nigerian. She's from South Africa. My wife and I were good friends. My wife was serving in a church whose pastor was a Ghanaian. It's the first time I'll say this on pulpit. It's the first time you know where I'm coming from. <laughs> I've never said this before. She was serving in a Nigerian pastor's church. My wife was serving in a Ghanaian pastor's church. She's a, they're both South Africans. And my wife found a Ghanaian. First time you're hearing me say that. Make sure you edit that from, from wherever. Doesn't go. Not that I'm not proud of where I'm coming from. Praise God. But I don't believe in putting your nationality before the people. It's, that's why this church is full of different nationalities. Amen. And my wife, serving in a Ghanaian pastor's church, got a Ghanaian pastor to marry she was serving in a Nigerian pastor's church. She got a Nigerian pastor to marry. Listen, what you are doing on the wilderness will take you into the palace. Don't be arrogant. Humble yourself. Don't, don't, be, don't be, you know, you wear a, a Versace shoe or suit or whatever and they say, oh, don't they know who I am? Look, this shoe costs a thousand pounds. This bag costs five thousand pounds. You know, I cannot put it on the floor, you know, to, to, to stack the chairs. They don't know that. You know, hey, you, know you hold your bag. No, hey, my friend, humble yourself. Humble yourself. Just serve. When we come into the house of God, there's no one bigger. There's no one bigger than God. You are not bigger than God. You are not bigger than God, amen? I, I hope you know that. No one is bigger than God. So when we come, what do we do? We serve because God only lifts up those who serve. We serve with three things. Number one, we serve with our time. Number two, we serve with our talents. Number three, we serve with our treasures. Every time before you give to the Lord, pray about your giving before you give it. Let God tell you what to give before you give. David said, I will not give, I will give unto the Lord nothing that will cost me nothing. That's why God blessed him so much. 
Are you following what I'm saying? There are some in this church that are sacrificing on, on, a, on a scale unimaginable. Do you know that there are still some people in this church who have not given? They've been in this church all these years. God is blessing them every day and yet they have not given one pound. That's not, that's not of God. That's greediness. Greediness doesn't come from God. You feed what feeds you. Amen? Amen. Always learn to feed what feeds you. Amen? Amen? When you go to the restaurant after you've ordered and the restaurant has fed you, what do you do? You feed the restaurant back by paying the restaurant. By, you can't finish eating and get up and, and wipe your mouth and say, okay, Otilong, I'll see you next week. No, you don't do that. You don't do that. The, the Nigerians are happy now because I'm speaking their language. Praise God. I think I have a Nigerian blood in me more than. Please make sure you edit all of these things I'm saying. Quickly as we get ready to close, God places specific anointings on specific individuals within specific time for a specific task. And it takes discernment to locate that anointing. Let me say that again. God places specific anointing on specific individuals within a specific time for a specific task. And it takes discernment to locate that anointing. The anointing you honor is the anointing that removes burdens and destroys every yoke on your life. Say amen to that. That's why Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27, the Bible says that, and it shall come to pass in that day, and that day is today. Amen. It says, and his burden shall be taken away off your shoulder, and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Amen. Say amen. amen. So the anointing is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. As I'm teaching, as I'm preaching, there is an anointing that is removing every burden on you. There is an anointing that is destroying every yoke upon your life. And once the yoke is destroyed, your life goes in speed. Because the purpose of the yoke is to impede your speed. And from today, I decree every burden removed. From today, I decree every burden removed. Every burden of sickness, they are removed now. Every burden of death is removed now. Every burden of depression, every yoke of depression, they are removed now in the name of Jesus. Why? Because the anointing is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. And after today, I decree you free in the name of Jesus. That's why the Bible says in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, the Bible says that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power and he went about doing good. Do you see the, the significance of the anointing? The anointing causes you to go about doing good, healing all that are oppressed and of the devil. Why? Because God was with him. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. 
who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. From today, I decree God will be with you. From today, I decree God will be with this church. From today, I decree that everything your hand touches will flourish in the name of Jesus. I decree it so because the anointing is in the house to do you good in the name of Jesus. Listen, the way you receive a prophet is proportionate to the prophet's reward in your life. The way you receive a prophet is so important. It is proportionate to the prophet's reward in your life. Matthew chapter 10 verse 41. Jesus said, he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that received a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. So that means there are levels of honor. The way you receive an anointing determines the rewards that follows you. The way you receive an anointing determines the rewards that follows you. Now let me quickly show you what the prophet's reward is. A prophet's reward is number one, debt cancellation. Say amen to that. So every debt in this house is canceled. Like in 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 1 to 7, the woman who, who's Two children were about to be sold. She came to the prophet and said, my children are about to be taken. They are about to be held captive because your servant, the prophet, is dead. And the man of God, Elisha, said to her, what do you have in your house? And she said, I have nothing save a jar of oil. And the man of God said, go and borrow empty vessels, close the door, pour that little oil in the vessels. After you've done that, come and, and sell them Pay off your debt and live on the rest with you and your children. So when you receive an anointing, when you receive a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. And the prophet's reward is debt cancellation. I decree every debt canceled. It doesn't matter how huge that debt is. Within the next 40 days, that debt is canceled. By the time we come to Covenant 2019, you will testify that you came out of debt and never gone into debt again. The second thing about the prophet's reward is barrenness to fruitfulness. Barrenness to fruitfulness. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 8 to 17. The Shunammite woman was barren. She had everything. Then the Bible says that one day she saw the man of God passing. She saw Elisha passing. And she told the husband, I perceive that this is a holy man of God. They, they moved from giving the man of God bread and water to making a little chamber for him above their building. That talks about honor. Whenever you honor an anointing, you have to put that anointing above you. And when you put that anointing above you, you move from barrenness to fruitfulness. That woman became fruitful. She has been barren all her life. She was wealthy. She had everything, but she was barren. Sometimes there are barrenness in your life and God will connect you to an anointing to break that barrenness. Today I decree the anointing upon my life breaks every barrenness in your life. Any form of barrenness in your life is broken today. 
It might be a barrenness of babies they are broken today. It might be a barrenness of no promotion is broken today. Anything that stands as barrenness, they are removed today. I decree fruitfulness into your life in the name of Jesus. The prophet's reward is when Naaman came, the leper. You remember the leper, Naaman the leper. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1 to 14, the Bible says that Elisha said to him, go and dip yourself in the Jordan. And after he did that seven times, the Bible says that his skin became fresh as that of a baby. You know, leprosy brings shame. Leprosy isolates you. Leprosy makes you a castigated one out of society. I don't know where you have been castigated out of. I don't know what leprosy is on your family. I don't know what form of leprosy that has isolated you from greatness. After today, I decree that leprosy gone in the name of Jesus. I decree that leprosy gone in the name of Jesus. The prophet's reward is tomorrow about this time. 2 Kings chapter 7 verse 1 the prophet said tomorrow about this time a corn of wheat shall be sold for a shekel therefore I decree unto you that from today you receive the prophet's reward tomorrow about this time your debt is cancelled tomorrow about this time you have your own houses tomorrow about this time God will elevate you let me hear a good amen this morning This is a prophetic service. Let me hear a good amen this morning. Tomorrow about this time, I decree every health issue terminated. Every health issue terminated. Tomorrow about this time, I decree multiplication into this house. I decree multiplication into this house. We will enlarge on every side. We will enlarge on every side. This will be a house of great harvest. In the name of Jesus, I decree that tomorrow about this time, bank managers, men and women of high standard will come out of this house. I decree so in the name of Jesus. That's a prophet's reward. When you receive the prophet, you have a prophet's reward. That's why the way you receive a prophet is so important. The way you receive an anointing is so important. Michael, David's wife, dishonored David and she became barren. Please, I beg of you, never dishonor anointing in your heart. Either privately or publicly. When the devil whispers any thought of dishonor in your heart, quickly reject it. Did you hear what I've said? Quickly what? Reject it. Don't allow that thought to grow. Because listen, how many of you know that the anointing God gives you is not an angel? I'm the anointing God has given you. How many of you know that I'm not an angel? Can you look behind me? Maybe let me turn. Can you see behind me? Can you see wings? Are there any wings? So, am I like you? Am I a human being? Even though I'm a human being, I am a man of God. 
I am I'm not a spirit of God. I am a man of God. You have to learn to receive your man of God with honor. Listen, a church cannot go above the level of honor they give to their man of God. This is key. That means everything that comes out of your man of God is important. The way you receive it determines how far you go. I've always said that the new people who join this church, they always buy my messages. They buy my books. Once they are around for some time, they become familiar. The old ones, they walk past it. They walk past the books. Even though we don't sell books in this church to make money or profit. Even though we don't sell CDs to make profit. We don't sell them. Their podcasts are there. They are free. Do you know there are many people listening to it from across the world? But you are here, you don't listen? Many are here, you didn't listen to last week's message. I'm busy. Don't pastor know that I'm busy. I'm very busy. Well, you're too busy for God? You're too busy for God? Don't be in an environment of the anointing and despise the anointing. You are putting your own life at risk. And don't ever encourage anyone. Don't entertain anyone. Putting down the anointing that you receive from in front of you. Are you following what I'm saying? God has shown me something coming into this house. That when we come testifying, we'll be crying. We won't have mouth to even testify. Because God is going to bless us so much, not because of how hard we pray and fast, but because of the level of honor we give to his servant. The house of God is the building. Follow me? But in, within every building, there is a builder. And the Bible says we must honor the builder more than the building. We honor the builder more than the building. Because without the builder, there will be no building. God is the builder of the church. Are you following what I'm saying? So we give God the highest honor more than we give to the building. But the fact that the, the building belongs to God doesn't mean we have to dishonor the building. Are you following what I'm saying? Now let me give you an example. If I send somebody to come to you to give you a, a message... And you despise the person. You have not despised the person. You have despised me. Because Jesus said, anyone who receives you, receives me. Because I have not come in my name. I have been sent in his name. So, when you receive me, guess who you have received? You have received God. Not me, you have received God. So, the same honor you give to God, you have to understand that when God sends me to give you a message and you despise the message, you are not despising me, you are despising God. And God says, those who despise me, I will lightly esteem. So, the way we receive an anointing is so important. The way you receive the word is important. It doesn't matter. Sometimes the word will be a, a little bit longer. It's not the time to start looking at your watch. Start taking your bag. Start closing your notebook. And giving the pastor a signal. It's time to close. 
take the Bible, close the Bible, close the notebook, put the, it's giving the pastor a signal, it's time to close. No, no, it's not time to close. God knows that there's something coming after your closing of your Bible that will deliver you. Say amen to that. You don't dictate the terms of the house of God. It's God who dictates the terms of the house of God. When you are watching your soap press, do you close your bag and close your notebook? Do you tell your notebook and your bags it's time to go? No. You watch hours and hours and hours. When you are sitting in front of a great man or a great woman, do you and, and that person, your life is dependent on that meeting. Right? That person is about to give you the biggest promotion of your lifetime. Do you quickly look at your watch? And say, I, I have to go. You miss your promotion. You've dishonored him. They cannot promote you. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. So quickly as we close. Understanding the protocol of honor. As we close. I have spoken extensively about the way we receive an anointing. I want to show you a quick case study and we'll close of how the children of God missed their moment of visitation. They missed their moment of visitation without recognizing an anointing and they missed it. Mark chapter 6 from verse 1 to 5. I read. The Bible says that and he went out from thence and came into his own country and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished. Remember, he went where into his own where country, own country. I want you to underline that. That means his people. Mark chapter six, from verse one, verse two. The Bible says that when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, "From whence has this man these things?" And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? So they saw the evidence of the anointing operating in the life of Jesus. They saw mighty works. They saw wisdom. They saw what God was doing with him. But look at immediately what happened in verse 3. The Bible says, and they said, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? They did not recognize him as who he was. He was not a carpenter. He had left that profession long ago. But they said, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? They didn't mention his father's name because they are saying he's a bastard. He doesn't have a father. He doesn't have an earthly father. They keep twatting him. Where is your father? Where is your father? We don't know who your natural father is. They said the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Samuel are not his sisters here with us. And they were offended at him. The anointing that is going to bless you, you must never be offended at that anointing. The moment you are offended at that anointing, that's the end of your life. They were offended at, did Jesus say anything wrong? Did Jesus do anything wrong? He did nothing wrong. He was sent to be a blessing to them. But because they, they knew where he's coming from, they knew his past, they despised him and started castigating him. Verse 4. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. 
It should not be so. It should not be so. This is why one of the things I hate with passion, the word hate is a strong word, but I hate it with passion is familiarity. Anyone who is familiar cannot come close to me. If you don't honor me now, you can't honor me when God lifts me up bigger. Bigger than where I am now. If all you want to do is come close to me because of what you are going to get, that is familiarity. Are you following what I'm saying? And unfortunately, there are many in the church today. There are many in the church today. People will come close to you because of what they can get from you. But they disvalue, they devalue what you have. Jesus said a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, among his own king, and in his, in his own house, verse 5. And he could there do no mighty work, save he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Can you believe it? Jesus, that means, that means familiarity limits the anointing. It limits the flow, the operation of the anointing. From today, there shall be no familiarity in this church. There shall be no familiarity in this house. Because familiarity limits the flow. The almighty Jesus couldn't do any miracle there. If you read the preceding chapter, Jesus did mighty miracles. The woman with the issue of blood was healed in chapter 5. The man from Gathering, the madman, was healed in Mark chapter 5. Jesus did mighty things, but he comes to his own church, his own house, his own people. They say, ah, I know you. Ah, are you not that pastor? Ah, they started with two members. Oh, I know you. Are you not that pastor that always wear red tie or white shirt all the time? What has my white shirt or whatever I wear got to do with the anointing? And now we've gone to the extent that we only respect an anointing based on what they are driving. So if I'm driving a car, a little car smaller than yours, you dishonor me. You don't understand how the kingdom works. What I drive, you see, the anointing cannot be contained. The anointing cannot be contained in material things. The woman who was in debt, she had a little jar of oil. But the man of God said, go and borrow empty vessels. Don't borrow a few, borrow many. And that little oil multiplied into many vessels. Do, do not dishonor an anointing because of what they are driving, because of what they are wearing, or because of where they are meeting. That's why I said last week, wherever we gather, the name of God is there. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It might be in a school. It might be in a classroom. It might be outside the street. It might be in a community center. It might be in a hotel. But wherever we gather, the name of the Lord is there. Yeah. He couldn't do anything there. Finally, verse 6, the Bible says, Mark chapter 6, verse 6, the Bible says that, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Unbelief. There are many unbelieving believers in the church. Unbelief. No faith. They come to God without faith. You can't receive anything from God without faith. 
unbelief. He could not do anything. He marveled of, of, of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. So, you see, the presence of familiarity takes away the anointing. Oh, this is powerful. The Bible says that and he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. So, the moment they dishonored his anointing, he left them. I pray that the anointing that's supposed to bless you will not leave you. Amen. The moment they, they disbelieved, they dishonored his anointing, he moved away from them because they could not receive the anointing. What you don't receive cannot bless you. Finally, six stages of dishonor as we saw in that scripture. Number one is familiarity. Familiarity is a killer. Make sure you are never familiar with an anointing. Don't be familiar with me. If you have my phone number, it doesn't mean, oh, uh, oh, oh, check. I even have his number on my, on my phone. Don't be familiar with me. I'm not your friend. I've been sent to bless you. I've been sent to deliver you. Don't be familiar with me. Before you send me a text message or call me, think well, well. Think, think properly. Oh, I have his number. I can send him a text. I can call him. Think before you send a text or you call. Because remember, your blessing is in the mouth of your prophet. So never be familiar with an anointing. Number two, analysis. Six stages of dishonor. The first one is familiarity. The second one is analysis. You remember they started analyzing Jesus' background. Ah, is this not the carpenter? Analysis. They have become analysts. Are you in the church as an analyst? We are not doing figures here. Don't analyze me. Don't analyze my preaching. Don't sit here and be comparing my preaching with T.D. Jakes or Joel Austin or, or somebody else. Don't analyze my preaching. We are different anointings. When T.D. Jakes started, were you there? You were not there. Do you know why he was preaching there? You were not there. Now he's big. You are analyzing me with his preaching. I don't have the years of study that he has. Don't analyze me with the man of God, the great man of God that came here to be a blessing to us. I don't have his worth of years of experience. Say, oh, why can't pastor teach it like pastor Tao taught it? Why can't he preach it? Am I I pastor Tao? What's my name? What's my name? What's my name? What's my name? name? (laughs) You have no fear. You haven't mentioned my name. (laughs) Analysis, analyst. The same anointing that bless you. Now you are analyzing. Ah, I'm not, I don't think I'm getting blessed like before. Ah, you know. The third stage of dishonor is unbelief. Unbelief. They don't believe anything the pastor says anymore. When the pastor says, tomorrow about this time, you bless. He says, ah, tomorrow about this time. He, he always saying tomorrow about this time, tomorrow about this time. <laughs> I, 
have not seen I have not seen any tomorrow about this time. <laughs> unbelief. Unbelief. Unbelief has entered the church. Stop looking at the time because today I'm preaching. <laughs> Some of you are looking at the time. What time is it? It's still going on. I'm going to go until I finish all my six, six points. The fourth stage of dishonor is critical. Critical spirit. They become very critical. They criticize everything you do. There's been people I've prayed for, blessed them in this church, and today they are blessed and gone, and they are criticizing me wherever they are. Critical. Critical spirit. You have to be careful of a critical spirit. Absalom was critical of his father. Critical spirit. Everyone who is critical of an anointing, when they die, they hang between heaven and the earth. Check how Absalom died. He thought it's his beauty. His hair hung on a tree. He was cut off from heaven and from earth. He became a stateless human being. Heaven rejected him. Hell rejected him. So don't be critical. Don't be in the church and you are critical. Everything, oh, last week he preached 40 minutes. This week he's preaching 50 minutes. Last week he preached 35 minutes. Where's his watch? Why can I not hear his watch beeping? Does he know what time to stop? <laughs> critical. 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 He wore a watch last week. Where's his watch today? Have you bought me one? Have you bought me one? When you see a need, what do you do? He is wearing only white shirt. Does he only have one white shirt? Critical. Critical spirit. Love covers multitudes of what sins. Have you noticed when you love someone, you're not critical about them? You're not critical. When you go to, when your wife gives you, you're about to eat and there's love and the glass is not washed properly and she gives you a juice, ah, you just drink it. You don't check. You don't check. But let critical spirit enter. When she brings a glass, you start looking. Why, why, why did you not wash the glass well? Look, look, look. Why have you given me such a dirty glass? Go and wash it again. She goes wash it and says, ah, look, you take off your glass and turn on the light. Critical spirit. Critical spirit. And those who have critical spirit can never be blessed by an anointing. It's true. Critical people don't laugh. When you're preaching and everybody's laughing, they don't laugh. <laughs> they, because they are so critical about what you're preaching. The fifth stage, the fifth stage is offense. The Bible says, and they were offended at him. Did Jesus do anything? Nothing. He came to his own people to bless them. David came to his own house to bless his house. And as a result, their wife was offended and their wife became barren as a result of that. Jesus came to his own people to bless them, but they were offended at him. They were offended. They said, ah, is this not the carpenter? Do we know the, do we, is, is Mary not the mother? Don't we know his brothers? And his sisters not here with us. They were offended. 
These are the stages of dishonor. Number one is what? Number one is what? Number two is what? Number three is what? Number four is what? Number five is what? Offense. And the last stage of dishonor is separation. Look at what Jesus did in Mark chapter 6 verse 6. The Bible says that Jesus left that village and went to other places teaching. Can you see that? Separation. Every time you are working in these stages, you see, when somebody gets to the stage of separation, ah, by now they've, they've gone through all these stages. Familiarity, analysis, unbelief, critical, offended. The moment they are offended, they are out of the door. The moment they are offended, the last stage is separation. They separate from you. I've come, I've taken a lot of your time today just to teach you this is important. Church, don't be a hearer of the word. Be a doer of the word. Amen? Be a doer of the word. Let's learn to understand honor in the kingdom of God. Understand honor in the kingdom of God. Your destiny is connected to my destiny. I'm here to bless you. I haven't said you should take your bags. Oh. Your people have taken their bags and closing. You know, they are giving me a sign that I should close now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, did you receive it today? Yeah. The way you even receive the word is important. Yeah. You must receive it with rejoicing and celebration. Hallelujah. Let's rise up on our feet. Father, we thank you. Just ask God to give you grace. Grace to honor. Grace to honor the anointing. Grace to understand protocol. In the kingdom of God. Grace. Ask God to speak to you. Ask God to give you grace. To help you. 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 Father, we thank you. Help us, Lord. Help us, Jesus. Thank you for what you are doing. And this house will never remain the same again. I prophesy increase in this house. I prophesy prosperity in this church. I prophesy greatness in this church. I prophesy healing, miracles, signs, and wonders. I prophesy that this house will be great in Jesus' name. I prophesy multitudes, harvest of harvest. This will be a house of honor. Amen. Your people will honor you all the days of their lives. Amen. And as we honor you, you will honor us back. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And amen. amen. Let's give Jesus some praise. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Did you receive it today? Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10 8HQ. 
Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbeji this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10-8DS, or call 01293-885-000 for more information or on the web at solutionchapel.org. Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles.